Despite being no larger than the state of New Jersey, Israel is a country where all eyes are constantly turned, from the media to politics to religion. The tension is palpable and not to be overlooked. In past generations, investing in turns Israel's existence was more of a given, regardless of one's religious or ethnic background. But today, that has changed, with younger generations no longer holding that same passion, and with many reflecting either apathetic or sometimes even antagonistic views towards the state's need to exist. This is not about us versus them or good versus bad. As someone currently living in Israel, I see the country for what it is, the good, the bad, and the sovereign. <laughs> as the saying goes. So join me, Izzy Sakai, as we go beyond politics and sit down with Jewish and non-Jewish changemakers, thinkers, and fearless leaders to discuss Israel's vital existence in the past, present, and future. Hey everyone, welcome back to our Israel narrative. Today we are with a very special guest. We have Michael Dixon here, executive director of Stand With Us Israel. Thank you, Michael, for joining. Um, Pleasure. So, as you know, just chatting a little bit before, I just was explaining how absolutely blown away I am by, you know, I already knew a bit about Stand With Us and about yourself and your work. Um, but the more that I've been reading up and looking into it, it's just, uh, you know, for those that don't know, your reach is absolutely incredible. Stand With Us works to uh, proactively, which I think is a very key word here, proactively tell the story of Israel and fights, you know, to fight against both the anti-Israel and anti-Semitic rhetoric simultaneously. Um, and I think those are two things that go hand in hand and it's becoming more and more apparent every day. Um, and you really work, you know, you're working against the battlefield of public opinion, right? We have, yeah, we know we have both fronts and today um, the social media world, the online world, the news, that's as much of a battle as, you know, unfortunately on, on the actual front lines. So you're doing incredible work there and your reach is, as I said before, I think that the last number I saw, and I don't know if this was right, but that your, your social media reaches over 105 million people per week, maybe even more now. Yeah, that's our but peak. That's our peak weekly peak. eyeballs on our stuff, on our content. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I'll say, I know aside from that, I was very fortunate to actually be able to visit your offices several years ago on a trip year. I know you have, you know, in non-COVID times, obviously tens of thousands of students and tourists every year coming through for different educational programs. That visit for me still left a very strong imprint in my mind. Um, so if you are in Israel and can make that happen, I highly recommend a visit to Stand With Us offices. Um, and yeah, with that, just want to dive in. Thank you again for joining. If you want to kick it off, just tell us a little bit about where you're sitting. Maybe, uh, I don't know, well, most excited thing. First of all, thank you, Izzy. Thank you for inviting yeah. me and thank you for doing this. It's so important to get people's voices out there and for us to understand a little bit more about what drives people um, to be connected to this amazing place, to be connected to Israel. And um, all I can say is, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that visiting our center was impactful for you. I, I urge people to come, you know, tourism is coming back now. And we're seeing it on the streets, which is amazing. And tons and tons of groups booking to come to Israel. And we're actually renovating our site to create a whole new high-tech visitors experience in a brand new auditorium and visitor center and wow. a TV studio on site and a digital hub to house our social media activity. So there's going to be way more even to see than you saw last time. So you should come because we're going to have this kind of immersive experience that 
uh, really allows people to connect with the movement supporting Israel all around the world. So it's going to be incredible to see you right in the heart of Jerusalem, as you know, in King David Street, and we will welcome gladly all of your listeners. Amazing. Excited for that. Very exciting. So I love to kick it off just kind of on on a lighter note. If you could share just, I don't know, your craziest, most interesting only in Israel moment that comes top, top okay, of mind. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I've lived here for over 15 years. So there's an only in Israel moment several times a day. True, <laughs> true. I could say that. Yeah. From, I would say one cute only in Israel moment was straight after my wife had given birth. We had, we came, we made Aliyah with two little kids uh my you know two and a half year old daughter and, and a and a nine month old son the two and a half year old is now 18 and preparing for her army service coming wow. up wow um, so yeah time flies but but then we had three more kids here in israel and my wife had just given birth in hospital and they brought her chicken soup and i just thought <laughs> you know what that is that is a jewish moment right there that the first thing they do is you know bring you you know every friday night for me was chicken soup so um that that was something very special for me a bit of an only in israel moment but quite honestly there are many many that happen all the time yeah i think what what just comes to mind for me when you say that is you know a lot of people ask them what do you think of anything of israel most people say home and chicken soup that's like the most emblematic you know like homey feeling um so even in the hospital that's that's a sensation a hundred percent there's a there's a there's a different feeling here from being a jew in the diaspora to being a jew in israel and and that is it it is all about home um home in the most you know in the historic sense home in in the nature of this is where we come from super important uh in terms of our national identity and then home in terms of how it feels and so many Jews who have never been to Israel before, often, like you, you said, you know, they say when they come here, they feel that feeling of home. Things feel natural and right here. The rhythm of the day, the rhythm of the week, the rhythm of the year um, centers around the Jewish experience. And that's an incredible thing. Walking down streets that are named for our, you know, forefathers and foremothers, uh, speaking the language that they spoke, uh, everything just feels right. Whereas in the diaspora, and you may be living a wonderful life in the diaspora, you know, I was, it doesn't feel exactly right. You have to make more of an effort for it to feel natural because Mm. you're doing something that is true to your identity in the place where you don't come from. That's how I felt anyway. Hence, I now live here. Right. Right. And obviously, thank God things have, have, obviously been good, obviously not easy. You know, it's the biggest thing I tell people moving here. It's, uh, it's like living like anywhere else in the world. You have your daily challenges, you have your ups and downs, you have your moments, but, uh, that, that overall feeling it kind of feels like a big hug that you get, uh, on a, on a daily basis is I unmatched unmatched. So, you know, not, not to, to take it necessarily in a, to a darker direction per se, but I think, right. We have this idea of Israel feeling like home and, and the warmth that it gives and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think, unfortunately, today, we're seeing an even stronger reason uh, for, for more for a need for Israel, you know, not necessarily uh, coming here, because it's going to feel better for you or, or nicer. Um, but but a need. 
So I was wondering, you know, I, I saw, I think it was Natan Sharansky who just last week, he was speaking to a group and he said, quote, he said, the world has changed. He said, when I was a child, Jew was an unfortunate designation. No one envied us. But on today, on the Ukrainian border, identifying as a Jew is a most fortunate circumstance. It describes those who have a place to go where their family, an entire nation, is waiting for them on the other side. And uh, I mean, that just really struck a chord with me. A lot of the times I, you know, I think this, this kind of idea has been framed around the Holocaust, give it, you know, for, for generations prior, that they had a place to go, unfortunately, not directly. And, and that came with its own hardship. But, but today, fast forward to where we are, um, it's, it's hitting like a different place for, for me. And, and so I just want to ask in your own words, um, what do you think, how can you describe really this need, uh, this need for, for a Jewish state, for, for a place for us to have to call home? Yeah, I think that Ukraine is, is a really interesting modern prism to see through why Israel is so important. Because what you're seeing now, you're right, you know, Natsun Sharansky there is saying that to be a Jew in the Ukraine once was to be marked out for hatred. But to be a Jew in the Ukraine now is to know that you have somewhere else to go, and that place is Israel. What an amazing turnaround. Um, and a shame that it takes such a terrible, terrible tragedy in order for, for some of us to see that. Um, but the message resonates, and it's not just about helping Ukrainians escape when they arrive as well. You've seen the scenes at Ben Gurion Airport, uh, you know, people jumping up and down and dancing and welcome them, welcoming them in, in, in the warmest way possible. And, and for this poor, refugees that are going to other countries you know some will be welcomed and many many won't uh but the jewish refugees now have somewhere to go and not just go to be welcomed and to be given that warm welcome because they are back home um is such an incredible thing and i think it speaks to all of us which is that you know please god none of us will ever be in a situation where another country is invading ours and we have to flee but in that extreme example to every other example, you know, further down the, the calm, uh, uh, crazy spectrum, you get an understanding that Israel will be there for me as a Jew if I need it. And that's an amazing thing to think of, that you are facing national tragedy or familial tragedy or personal tragedy or on the flip side, you make a choice like you and I made, Izzy, to, to make Aliyah by choice and come here. Israel is there for us. Uh, so that's incredibly powerful. And I think that uh, what we're seeing now play out in real time uh, speaks to that incredible place that a reborn state of Israel represents to modern day Jews. Right, right. And I, and I think, you know, this came up, it was at the Shabbat table this week, everyone was talking about these scenes at the airport and, and all this, you know, people being welcomed in such a way. And I've watched some of them and they're, they're absolutely incredible. Um, and I, you know, I think we, we can't be totally misled in, in what we're seeing at the same token, these people have just been pushed out of their home. They've left everything behind. They've, you know, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a choice and it's, it's painful. Um, but if, but if we have to say, okay, can we put a silver lining to this? Is there at least some kind of comfort they're being provided. Yes. And, that, and that's because they, they have Israel to come to and a, and a people that want to welcome them. So yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's painful. And nobody should have to experience it like you were saying, but um, 
the fact that at least they have that is, uh, I think beyond what we, we can imagine, anyone could imagine. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, and it tells, and it tells yeah. you around the world that Israel has a duty of care towards you. Israel cares yeah. about you. Israel is there for you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a powerful message. Yeah. And I think also just uh, quick thoughts coming to mind is we, we often see, right. Israel will send right now. Hatzala is over there. Um, unfortunately there was the tragedy last, was it May or June, um, in Florida, Hatzala was there when, you know, like the fact that, that Israel will go to you, how much more so when you come here? Um, I think that's just something to really, to, to ponder and keep in mind. So, um, so obviously we know, okay, Israel's there for us. Um, but unfortunately a lot of people, Jews, you know, even if a lot of Jews have a lot of misconceptions about Israel. Um, so I just want to ask you what you think is the biggest, maybe a few of the biggest, if they tie together, um, misconceptions that the Jews often have, uh, about the state of Israel. Yeah, I think we can always do a better job at educating people about what Israel really is. Um, and, you know, at Stand With Us, we have a whole bunch of educational materials. People can download them from our, you know, from standwithus.com, from our website. Uh, and some of them tackle them, some of the toughest questions about Israel. And I think our approach to it is, you know, that all the questions are on the table. You can have uh, as many questions as you like about any element of Israeli policy. Um, we get that. Um, the one question I won't countenance is, you know, why does Israel have a right to exist? I think, mm. you know, if I'm in a debate with someone who genuinely does not believe in, in the right of Israel to exist, I don't need to defend our, uh, our reason for being here. Um, I think Israel has more of a right to exist than many countries around the world uh, in many different ways. But I understand, of course, there are points of difference and points of misunderstanding between many people and including Jews. And Jews, you know, also are, are because the media often misrepresents what goes on here or gives it an utter lack of context in its reporting. Jews are also affected by that. And let's not forget, many Jews have never been to Israel, so they don't necessarily know what it's like. Um, I still do believe, though, that more unites us than divides us. I think that if we actually, you know, kind of laid out everything that we, we think and believe about Israel as Jews, for the vast majority of people, the vast majority of things we would agree on and a very small percentage we would disagree on, and that's okay. It really is okay. So for me, let's ask the questions, let's provide the answers, let's get informed answers, and let's speak to people who are on the ground as well to get those answers. Um, as long as you're asking the question with an open mind, um, then you will find yourself a more, more rounded individual when it comes to all things Israel. And uh, our perspective is that we wanna help people get to that place which is why we want to be a resource for them to understand more, given that many of them are not living here in Israel. Yeah. The, the breadth of the material you provide is outstanding. So highly recommend um, everyone checking it out. Um, it, it's honestly like a never ending well of, uh, of material and sources. So, um, and I think, you know, if you look at in Judaism, we don't shy away from questions. It's all about questioning 
digging deeper, something bothers you, ask it. And I, and I think, I think an issue of today is that people don't want to ask questions. People are afraid to ask questions. People are stuck on something they saw or heard. Um, anything it has to do because with social media, you see something and you're just getting information flooded to you and it creates an imprint in your mind. And it's very hard to then try and, and get that, you know, whereas before, let's say you didn't have things at your fingertips. So you had to seek it out. Now when things are coming to you, it's much less likely that you're going to go and seek out more information and ask more questions. So I think exactly what you're saying is, is so, so important for us to remember. Um, yeah. And some people who you know, want to come up against Israel will say, well, you know, you say any criticism of Israel is anti-Israel. Or some people even say criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic. And it's such a straw man argument to which I say, you know, just go to Israel, get in a cab, start talking to the driver. If you want criticism of Israel, you get criticism of Israel. It's not about yeah. that. It's not about that. These questions should be put out there and they, and we should all approach these things with an open mind. And I'll say, just cause now I'm thinking about the taxi rides that I've had here. Um, every time I get into a car, whether it's a Jew or an Arab or a Christian, it doesn't matter. First question, if I ask them, where do you live? Where are you from? Many of the times, especially around here in Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, never from anywhere else, never going anywhere else. And I'm talking from across the board, different religions, right? They feel so viscerally that this is their place. And, but then at the same token, give them a few more minutes and for sure they'll have things to start talking about, complaining about the other driver across the street and like really, you know, have an opinion on, but it doesn't matter. Like that, they still feel like this is the place that has has given them such a sense of belonging and meaning and, and they're so strongly rooted here. Um, and, and the two can sit with each other. It's not, it's not one or the other. And that's what the outside world I think has to understand more, but like we live yeah. in this, in this peril, you know, and that's okay. And it's the same thing anywhere else you live. I mean, I come from New York. Was that a perfect place? Most definitely not. Um, you know, you're seeing that now all around the world. So I, it's just, you have to like, I think work extra hard at reminding yourself of that when you're, when you're talking about Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was listening, uh, you, you give a speech a few years ago and you said that this, this really struck a chord with me. You said that the, the feeling that people get on Yom Hatzmaut, you, say you get that every day. Um, and I don't know if that's the whole true, if it maybe it shifts a little bit and different, and maybe it's a different kind of feeling that you get it, you get, but I don't know. I just thought about it. I was like, how, how can we get a little bit more of that? I mean, I, I feel it when I walk around through sometimes when we're all around Israel, but especially for people that aren't here, like, how can you start to create more of that sensation? Cause I think a lot of, a lot of the way that you build a connection somewhere is, is through the emotional side of it. Um, so how, how can people do that a little bit more? So the most special time of year in Israel, all the holidays are special, but the most special time of, of year in Israel is approaching Independence Day, approaching Yom Ha'atzma'ut, the day before is Yom Ha'zikaron, Remembrance Day for fallen uh, Israeli soldiers and victims of terrorism. And this strange kind of uh, psychological shift that we go through here in this country which is that we spend uh, time mourning those we've lost. And let's face it, every Israeli knows or knows of somebody who has uh, passed away, been injured, been affected by terrorism or war. It's just a fact of life. A small country, uh, merely miles wide at its narrowest point, um, a, a, pop, you know, a, a population that is relatively small with a... a armed services where you know everybody has to join the israel defense forces that's how it is so and we all live through these 
crazy times in this turbulent region. So everybody is affected. And we have this day that is super powerful and super poignant. And uh, there's that West Wing episode where uh, President Bartlett and his chief of staff are talking about Memorial Day in the United States and making the comparison between that and Yom HaZikaron, Remembrance Day here in Israel. And, the, you know, it's a powerful comparison because it's a powerful day. And then in a split second, in the blink of an eye, you suddenly switch to an outpouring of joy all across the country. And suddenly for those two years, two days, sorry, so for those two, I wish two years, two days we have utter unity because the rest of the year we're fighting about every other different issue in this hyper-democracy in which we live. Uh, you know, our, our members of Knesset and our elected representatives and our population, all these issues, left, right, and center, this, you know, if America is a melting pot, then Israel is a mosaic. And it's a mosaic of all its different parts. It looks beautiful together, but all the different parts mm -hmm. are very different. And yeah, they bump up against each other and that's natural and normal. But then for these two days, we kind of stand united and everyone has that, that amazing feeling. So what I was saying when I, I made that comment that you just read back to me was that I get an element of that every day from living in Israel. And partly that's because of also the work that I, I am blessed to be able to do. Um, I get to see so many incredible things. You know, at Stand With Us, unfortunately, we're dealing with countering anti-Semitism. So I get to see a lot of terrible, terrible hatred that yeah. exists for Israel in many different ways, the ways it manifests itself and the, and the victims of that hatred as well, which is ongoing, that discrimination and that bigotry. And yet at the same time, I get to see that on the flip side, I get to see all the amazing things that people are doing around the world to stand up for Israel, um, to counter that, to fight back and separately from people who hate us, quite separately from it, hold their head up high and chart a path uh, for their own future based on who we are, based on our own identity and those incredible things that Israel and supporters of Israel are able to do. So I think that's what I meant in that comment. At the same time, my wife was getting chicken soup after childbirth. I was marveling at the coexistence in the Tinokia, in the baby room, which is like this crazy Israeli thing where if they want you to, they'll take your baby like they used to do in the... 40s and 50s and put them in a room where all these beautiful and screaming babies lie next to each other you know and, and and it's an incredible thing to see just in terms of um not just the amazing patience and work of the nurses but the the coexistence that exists in that room they're born into this world in the jewish state uh moshe next to muhammad miriam next to mariam just equal and in, you know, existing in the same way and, and cared for by, yes, Jewish and Arab staff as well. So just to, to marvel at that one aspect of Israeli society in that not so mundane, but, but certainly everyday uh, experience of being in an Israeli hospital is an incredible thing. I, when I had an operation that, you know, saved my life, the last two faces that I saw were the Arab and Jewish doctor working together in order to do so. Incredible sights. And yet these are things you wouldn't necessarily know from the news and you wouldn't necessarily know unless you live here. So, so many everyday amazing things happen in this country and I'm lucky to be able to appreciate it and uh, kind of channel that into the work that we do. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you get the feeling just even just walking around here, which is, you know, it's hard. So, so I, you know, a lot of our listeners are, aren't here and 
I wasn't here for a long time. And I, and I always had, I always had this feeling like this is where I belong. It's where I wanted to be, but it's definitely shifted and changed changed since I came here. But I, I keep just dwelling on this idea, this question of like, what, what more can we do to help people that aren't here connect? What, what more can we do to, to create those feelings? And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's just even just proactively, I, I try when I speak about Israel to, to even share these stories, to share these beautiful things that happen. Somebody was asking me last week, they put me on the spot and they kind of said, so what was like the, I don't know how she framed it, but basically like, what was your biggest like misconception before getting there? Like she wanted me to kind of explain, you know, like, yeah, it's actually so tough here. Everything is. And I told her, I said, I do my very best to, to frame Israel as much as I can in a positive light. Everything that I do was, I was just reading a book called positivity bias. Um, and it's all about how the Rebbe, the, the last Chabad Rebbe, um, how he saw the world. And, and everything through his speech, through his thought, through his actions, through the way he gave uh, chizuk to people's strength, to, to people around him, it was always through this positive lens. And for me, I think when you speak about on behalf of the Jewish people and on behalf of Israel, that's the, the most important frame of mind that you have to have, that regardless of the challenges, regardless of the things that we're saying, there's disagreements, there's whatever, it's exactly what you said. Yes, but at the same token, all these disagreements, all these challenges, all these things make up the mosaic of what Israel is, make up that that unified peace, make up that, that example of what the rest of the world is supposed to look to. Um, and I think we have to just constantly take that step back and see it from a thousand feet um, and say, or 10,000 feet and say, yeah, okay, because because I need to be doing my little thing and he needs to be doing his little thing. And they're different, but but that's a good thing. Um, for me, as someone here, I constantly try and just shed that positive light. And and I don't know, hopefully then, then I guess that trickles down to people. When it comes across, of course it does, because it's real. Look, there are people with, and unfortunately, all too many of them have an agenda who want to focus on those areas of disagreement. They let, they right. and obviously the media, bad news is going to lead all the time. But you are keeping it real. You know, you're sharing your own experience, and that can only make a difference in other people because they get to see everything through through your eyes. That that is what it is. And like you say, you know, ninety percent of it, if not more, is positive. Yeah, yeah. There's it, it actually even says. Um... You know, the, the Rebbe was very open about sharing that the natural human psyche, and we've heard this many times before like you're saying with the news, is to, to be more on that negative track, unfortunately. So it's a real work. It's a real job to say, I'm going to I'm gonna think different. I'm going to push myself to think different. And um, I think we have to do that 10 times more when it comes to Israel, just because there's that much more <laughs> negativity uh, around it out there, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I so I just want to close off. Uh, if there's one thought or phrase or word I always give this and, and I say word and nobody has ever given me one word because I think everyone struggles with that but when you when you think of Israel just one thought phrase or word that comes to mind um you could share oh this is too tough okay so I'll give you one <laughs> word it's, it's it's a word that I wrote wrote about in a recent book which is resilience mm. so for me Israel represents resilience and I wrote a book called is resilience what Israelis can teach the world um, which kind of looks at the Israeli national character as something that people shouldn't just respect but can learn from. I think, and, and there are so many reasons why, um, but resilience represents our perpetuity. It represents our past, present, and future. It represents who we are as a nation, uh, and it represents our approach to life. Israelis. <laughs> despite any stereotypes are so positive 
And that actually is, you know, it's like Golda Meir said, right? We don't have any choice. We have to be optimistic. Um, so that for me, if you want the one word, is the word that I would choose. Amazing. And people just to, to share can get their copy of His Resilience on Amazon. They can get their copy on Amazon and all good bookstores. Uh, I had an incredible reception. We released it during the pandemic. And when, you know, resilience was something that people really needed and continue yeah. to do so. And uh, there are so many lessons to learn from, from Israel and from Israelis. And that's really what we focused on there in his resilience. Incredible. Everyone get your copy today. Um, and I'll, I'll put a link for, for all that, for stand with us, uh, for, for all your resources and as well, um, your book, Michael, and, and just thank you. Thank you for coming on, sharing your thoughts, your wisdom, your insight. Um, just thank you for what you're doing every day on behalf of the Jewish people and, and state of Israel. Really, really. My absolute pleasure. Thank you as well. Thank you for everything you're doing too. This is great. Okay. Till next time. <laughs>